everything I want to be I am living out my destiny I am, I am, I am The embodied woman We took everything we loved We turned ashes into gold Freed ourselves from everything that Kept us from being, from being, from being, from being, the embodied woman. Welcome. Feel seen, heard, validated, supported, and inspired through the conversations on the Embodied Woman podcast. Empowered dance expert and spiritual coach Amber Sousa and me, Siri Baruch Thornton, Mountain Breathwork Reiki Master of Masters, will hold space for the deepest expansion, expression, and empowerment as a woman trusting her own authority with these conversations with other empowered women. Our guests will have the opportunity to share themselves authentically in a safe space. Amber and I so look forward to supporting conversations and meeting our guests where they're at within their journey. So let's dive in. Amber, Susa, and I, Siri Baruch Thornton, have been talking to you about the Embodied Woman Sisterhood. It's a membership that we're so passionate about creating this container because of how beautifully it has served us to be in groups like this. It's actually how Amber and I met in a group where women were coming together and doing the work on themselves and supporting and loving and encouraging each other. And so this is what we've created for you, bringing our unique gifts of dance and breathwork and meditation, Akashic wisdom and coaching to the Embodied Woman Sisterhood. So you can join that. There's a link in the show notes. And you know what else we're incredibly passionate about is we're working one-on-one with women as mentors, guides, coaches, and facilitators for them. If you're interested in learning more, you can contact us, Siri at sageandblushwellness.com or Amber at allami.com. That's A-L-L-O-M-I.com. Also in the show notes. We both have an abundance of life experiences and wisdom gained from having walked through the fire. Some really challenging times in life and coming to the other side. So we love supporting women. So passionate about it. Whether you're looking to be in a community or you're looking for more one-on-one support, we're here for it. We love you and we know that you are here to be the woman that you were born to be and we want to support you in doing so. I am here with my gorgeous co-host Amber Sousa who has a book coming out tomorrow yes it's called born to be all of me born to be all of me we will have a link in our show notes if you want to purchase her book today we are going to be talking with Amy Tangerine she's amazing when I was at Kathy Heller's retreat that is when I met Amy and Amy gave us all these little cute scrapbooky books Mm. you open it up and it's like hello dearest creative amazing all-around human welcome to a place where creativity and self-expression come together to foster well-being and happiness this handbook celebrates your unique gifts and empowers you to create boldly and vibrantly and see she does all this beautiful water coloring and then she also has all these different lines of stickers she's a scrapbooker first she had a t-shirt company that was at fred siegel and madonna came in and was like i want all of it and she bought the whole thing the whole line wow that's awesome she started making these t-shirts that she sold the t-shirt company then 
she started scrapbooking for Pink and Dr. Phil and all of these celebrities. Okay. <laughs> we were reading this. This mini but mighty journal is a powerful tool that can help you achieve your goals and live a happier, more fulfilling life. Here you'll find fun. And that's, I think, the thing with Amy is she's all about the fun. Find the fun and approachable prompts that will guide you on a journey of self-discovery and empowerment, which we're all about. Uh, Fill these pages freely with your thoughts, ideas, and visions. Along the way, you'll be met with a valuable and uplifting experience that will leave you feeling encouraged, enlightened, and empowered to show up as the best version of yourself. Let the creative juices flow as you make your mark. She's just this magic maker. We talk about play. Yeah. And how so many of us lose a sense of play or we let it go somehow along the way because we feel like we're a grown up now. We have to, yeah. and we have to, but scrapbooking and all the beautiful things that she does, that's something that my daughter loves to do. Right. And, and it is, it's such permission that she gives people to play. Like, yes. you know, we've also, lost that. We've lost we've it. Lost that. Most adults have lost that. I got yeah. these. Oh, those are maybe, her stickers. I was inspired by her. Oh, the other day at the grocery store, I got these feather stickers and then I okay. got these little sticky notebook things because of her, because yeah. I used to love to do all that stuff. And then I just don't let myself do it anymore. I don't take the time. Well, and yeah, I you went to Michael's and made all the Valentine's things for your girlfriends. Like you love that. Yes. Kind of Yes. And well, good. I'm glad that you're going to get back to that. You do. Well, you, we all need to play more. I put these on my desk. They're in front of me. My little girl is happy. She has made a whole life out of doing creative, fun, playful, artistic, passionate things. Play like, her little girl happy. Yeah. That just light yeah. her up. I asked her when I met her at the retreat is how did you give yourself permission to, because I would talk myself out of it. I'd be like, oh, I can't do that for a living. I can't scrapbook for a living or I can't make stickers for a living. Like that's not realistic. But she had something inside of her that was like, I'm, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it for real and I'm gonna do it big. I think that's so incredible. I take a page from her book, from her scrapbook. Yes, yes. I'm excited to learn more about how her parents raised her. When we asked Mackenzie, it could go either way. You could either be raised by parents who were like, mm -hmm. play, that's yep. totally realistic. Follow your dreams. Or you could be raised by somebody that's like, you're out of your mind. That's the most impractical thing you could ever think of. But either way, there's something that's inside of you that just goes, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do. I have had chills hearing you say that because I think that's exactly it. I think she just was like, I have to follow this is what I'm supposed to do. Because yeah. what she shared was about a very personal all of her personal challenging stories she mm. shared while we were scrapbooking and I was like oh wow oh wow I'm sure you've experienced this Amber some of the people that are the most bright like you are have had the most challenging times in their life those who have the capacity to shine their light that bright also have the capacity to experience darkness Right. To the same level, to the same yes. degree. Yeah. That takes the shame out of the other end of the extreme because that has been my experience. I am one of those people. I'm big, I'm bright. And then I also can experience the other end of that. Yeah. Most people on some level do.
that's the human experience, the ups and flows, the ups and downs. Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast, the bow and how far back it has to be pulled because when you're pulled back by challenges in life, it means Mm. you have an equal mission in front of you. It seems to be that her mission is to bring that levity and that playfulness and that amusement and that inner child healing to a very serious, hard world. Yeah. She was sharing she got to unexpectedly go to the Grammys recently. Yes. yes I and that. she did a whole video. It's on her Instagram of Taylor Swift making her announcement. She said it was just so much fun. I saw on her Instagram she had this fluffy pink coat that I she saw that. putting yeah. this stickers on the back of the coat. She's just so creative. Kathy calls her like a ladybug. And I said, well, how do you get to be this ladybug personality? How is your energy this way? What do you do? And she was like, well, you know, like, I just, and Kathy said, you know what she does is she just like is always Paints. doing something creative. She's painting, yeah. taking her time. Her kids are not on screens. Right. Most of the time they're just doing crafty things. Oh my God. If I was being creative all day long, I think I would probably be a happier person. (laughs) On some level, I am creative all day long, but in that specific way. When you allow yourself to play in the way that she does, you also have to have some sort of comfort level with being messy. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And I wrote about this in my book, how when my kids were young and they were wanting to get messy and it made me so uncomfortable with all the painting and the colors. I was trying to be like a really fun, not uptight, go with the flow mom. And I was like, so anxious. It makes me feel better, Amber, because I thought you would be cool about everything. And I am the same way. Amy. Hi, Amy. (laughs) How are you? Good. How is your daughter feeling? I saw that she was not feeling well the other day. You were posting that. She's still not feeling well. So she's home from school today, but we had to bring snack to school. We dropped it off. And she said, you forgot my lunchbox. And I'm like, you're not coming to school. So she just waited in the car. I know. It's the worst when they're sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's so challenging being a mom with sick kids at home and you're still showing up for us. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, of course. I'm so happy to do this. I just I was... listened to a couple episodes and I was so excited. Oh yeah. Like the solo shows and then the guest shows. I like to hop around to see what resonates with me. Well, we've been so excited and so looking forward to this for a little while now. Let me read your bio, Amy Tangerine is a multi-passionate maker who thrives on providing creatives with the tools and space to see the bright side of life. She's taught crafty workshops on all of the continents except for Antarctica, filmed tons of YouTube videos, and worked with awesome celebrities and brands. I was mentioning a few of them before you came on. Her mission is to empower you to find joy and confidence through creativity. She's the author of a best-selling book called Craft a Life You Love. In March 2022, she released a book for kids ages 8 and up called Making Memories, Practice mindfulness, learn to journal and scrapbook, and find calm every day. She loves any excuse to celebrate and spread happiness. You can meet Amy at the intersection of creativity, passion, and purpose. Ah, I've got like brain chills reading that last bit. You 
have inspired me. I was telling Amber when I first met you at Kathy's house, I was like, how did she have the courage to become this person who just paints and makes stickers and does these fun things and helps people to scrapbook? How did she find the courage to do that? Because I put myself in your shoes and I go, oh, I would just talk myself out of all of that. Well, how did you find the courage to do Reiki, right? (laughs) That's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Your sole purpose of reading Akashic Records. I mean, I actually am fascinated by Akashic Records. So I don't know how any of us do the thing that we do, but thank goodness we're able to do those courageous acts. And I have air quotes here around courageous because I don't find that I summoned up courage to do those things. Those things were actually easy for me to do. It's easy to follow what excites me, what makes me feel happy. The part that I think maybe the courage comes into play here is when other people say that you can't do that. Oh, well, you can't do that. Nobody's ever made a living from hand embroidered t-shirts and being a stylist and then selling handmade goods for hundreds of dollars. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? But really, if that's your gift or that's one of the gifts that you find along your journey, how can you not pursue that, right? And see what happens. I'm so lucky to be so supported on my journey that I didn't have a lot of people who were like, oh, you can't do that. Or you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You should be more sensible. And you went to Georgia Tech. You should continue in the engineering or industrial design field, right? No, nobody told me that. They actually said, you can pursue your passions. You can do the things that you love and see where it goes. That's so fascinating. It makes so much sense what you just said. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm saying you have so much courage to do this thing. Meanwhile, it's all perspective, right? Because like you said, someone else would be like, well, how do you have the courage to do Reiki? Yes, exactly. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful that you asked that question, right? But it actually doesn't make me think I'm such a brave, courageous person. I'm so happy that other people are able to step fully into who they want to be or what they want to try, right? It's not like you're going to make this massive shift. Maybe you will, but from Reiki and what you're doing now to like pursuing these little art projects, you might do that. But the point is that working in those little books called Make Your Mark maybe opened up and made you remember a side of yourself that you haven't tapped into lately. You haven't tapped into using color, using watercolors, using paint, you know, just creating for the sake of creating, not with an end goal, not with trying to monetize something, but just exploration and childlike wonder. How beautiful is that? Mm, So beautiful. So, so beautiful. I was saying to Siri, I was really interested to find out your background in that because we had a guest on recently where she had no support. And in fact, she had voices telling her what she wanted to create was impossible and crazy and all the things. It's so interesting. And it's also very helpful for our listeners to know that it doesn't really matter. You can come from a family that is totally supportive and encourages you right, to follow what your passion is. Or you could come from a family that totally discourages 
And either way, you can tap into the truth of who you are and follow whatever it is that your soul is asking you to do, to be, to create. I love that it can be any of that. So true. And anywhere in between too, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're the one telling yourself you can't do this for whatever reason, or you shouldn't, you really have the ability to overcome those negative voices, whether they're coming from external sources or just from yourself. Because let's face it, I, for a long time, was very hard on myself, very mean to myself. Mm -hmm. Externally, I don't think anybody would have known it. Mm -hmm. But internally, I was like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, this is so the wrong thing to do, you know, you should really be more an example that I can think of when I was a teenager, I really did not do that well in school. But for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, most people think Asian people are smart. So I should be smart and I should be good at math. But what people don't realize is that I have to work really hard to excel at school. The pressure that I was putting on myself wasn't something that was productive, right? Mm -hmm. It actually turned out to be a strain in the fact that I didn't get amazing grades all the time, just naturally. I had to work really hard to get A's and B's. And then I got my first D when I went to Georgia Tech and I was like, oh my goodness, this is so not what I was cut out to do. But at the same time, if you're following your heart and you are feeling guided and yet you're grounded, you can achieve anything. Like the possibilities are endless. It's just so amazing what we can create. Your positivity, your way of seeing the world as this oyster, did you always have this? Where do you think this came from? Yeah, I don't think I always had it. I think that it was probably always in me, but through growing up in the beautiful environment that I did, also knowing that the world is expansive and big and wants to put creativity and individuality down, I did not always have this because I'm an only child of immigrants and I feel like my dad had to work to prove himself, right? Mm -hmm. To prove his worthiness. And it's not something that I actually was able to put into words until after his passing. Because to me, he was just a, somebody who worked hard and played hard. And then later I found out that workaholism is actually innate in our family. Mm -hmm. And it's because in order to be accepted or feel like he belonged, he had to work 10 times harder than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was ingrained in me that I had to prove myself, Yeah. right? And so that was really difficult. During my teenage years, from birth to about 12, I had this natural optimism. But then like 13 to 18, I was very pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's about being a teenager. Yes. I went through a divorce at that time. Okay. There were a lot of outside factors happening, hormonal imbalances and changes happening. Totally. Well. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I believe that people can cultivate this optimism and learn to look through a lens of positivity that they hadn't before. It takes a lot of practice. I have to do it every day, uh, all the time. <laughs> Our natural abilities get buried. They don't mm. shine as bright if we're prone to looking at the negative or prone to complaining. 
And then when I found that when I start complaining, I actually get more to complain about. Yeah. Instead, why not look at the brighter side? Because what actually happens, I've noticed this many times, is that then I get more things to be happy about. Yeah. I don't know if there's a scientific study or anything, but I've noticed this time and time again, because you can always reframe something that is somewhat labeled as negative. Mm -hmm. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You could get enraged about that. I think I used to have a lot of road rage, but living in Los Angeles, I was able to let that go. And my goodness, it's so freeing to be like, oh, that person's in a rush. Oh, that person needs to be somewhere to rescue his grandma from the hospital or something, right? Yeah. Like not taking him personally. Yeah. 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 I can relate so deeply. You said up till about the age of 13, you were naturally optimistic. You saw the world through rose colored glasses and then something in life happened. Your parents got a divorce and you found yourself being more skeptical, cynical, pessimistic. And then here you are now more reconnected with the truth of who you are, who you were from age zero to when life disappointed you and you had to develop these coping strategies to prevent disappointment. I had an experience at the age of 13 that also stole my natural optimism. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. And I have been for the last nine years is finding that little girl again, who did believe that everything was amazing and and possible. At what point in your life, was there some sort of catalyst that you woke up one day and you were like, wait a minute, where is that optimistic little girl that I was? And I want to get back to her. Was there something that helped you get onto the path that you're on now where you're more connected with the truth of who you are, your essence? I remember being in my early 20s and doing the things that I loved. After college, pursuing the things that I was really interested in, I was given amazing opportunities because I was open to saying yes to things that were fascinating to me. I interned at a modeling agency and then a photographer kept coming in and seeing me every day. And he was like, oh, have you thought about being a fashion stylist? And I was like, no, what's that? And I loved fashion. It was so funny because he's like, this is what you do. Why don't we do a shoot together? So we just did this project together. I ended up getting signed with elite model management as a stylist right after we got the film back. It was film back then. And it was so beautiful because the whole new world was opened up to me just by saying yes to some opportunity that my heart expanded when I heard it. I didn't even know that you could get paid to go shopping (laughs) and choose clothing for models for photo shoots. And it was something that I was good at, it turned out, because this photographer noticed something in me after seeing me every day. And then being open to those possibilities, if you're open to them, they come. So I was actually an assistant at a magazine, a local magazine in Atlanta too. And I was given these crazy random jobs and tasks. And I was invited to these luncheons. And I remember Bobby Brown was at one, Cynthia Rowley was at one. And I'm like a 21-year-old. I was interning at first and then I became an assistant. And then I became an assistant editor. And it was so funny because I really believe that everybody has to start somewhere. Start with that little spark that says, you know what, 
I'm going to go after this thing. And if the worst case scenario, it doesn't work out, that's okay. Now I'm going to go on to the next spark. And maybe around when I started feeling that validation for stepping into what I was good at, what I was recognized for, what I love doing, more of those opportunities started showing up. And I think that's when I felt the shift of it in my early 20s. Okay. I want to share this one thing about Amy is when I met her the next day, she went with a woman that she had never met before that came from Australia to the retreat because Marina loved your dress. It was this gorgeous dress you were wearing. You have obviously this flair for fashion and she complimented you on your dress. And then the next day you went and took her dress shopping. What I'm observing is, and just from the times that I've seen you on Zoom, is you're incredibly authentic and you're incredibly interested in giving people everything you have. The fact that you didn't know Marina and then you took her dress shopping the next day, I was like, that's above and beyond. That's a generous heart. I feel like your dedication to your heart for yourself and for others is part of what has made these opportunities keep showing up for you because you have this huge heart. Oh, that is so kind of you to say. I I fully received that. Thank you. <laughs> The funny thing about that story is that literally that's what happened, right? She complimented me on my dress and I said, oh my goodness, this is adorable little boutique in Beverly Hills. The woman just opened a year ago and there's other colors of this dress. Hey, what are you doing Thursday? And she's like, oh, nothing. I'm staying a few extra days. It was her first trip by herself. Yes. She, I think she's 40, right? She's about our age. Right. She's a mom and it's the first time she's traveled by herself. Yeah. And she came halfway around the world. Yeah. And I just said, wow, this is so amazing. And part of me actually, I think the reason I felt so connected to her or just the moment is because the worst thing that she could say was even if it was as simple as no thanks, then that's okay. That's totally fine. I wouldn't have taken it personally. It wouldn't have affected me at all. It was just something that I threw out there. And I love that you connect it to my heart because I think I just throw these wild and wonderful things out there. And then sometimes they stick, right? And let me just tell you, if we had a video camera following us for our lunch and shopping outing, you would have, I mean, it was so hilarious. You would have (laughs) laughed so hard because there were so many beautiful synchronicities that happened that I'm like flustered even talking about it because I should have written them all down, but there were like three wild things that happened. And we both looked at each other at one point. We're like, this is just how life works. When you are aligned with your authentic self and you're open to connecting with others. You guys were in the vibe for sure. (laughs) She was looking for a magazine that another girl from the retreat was featured in. And it was some home magazine. The person just shared that it hit the newsstands. We happened to be walking by a newsstand on the way from the boutique Mm. to the restaurant that we were going to have lunch. And there's this newsstand. And she's like, let's see if it's here. She found it. Okay. 
So of she course. found it and she shows me the spread and she's like, yes, this is it. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. Well, guess what? The owner of the newsstand happened to be there and asked her if she was British. And she's like, no, I'm Australian. <laughs> yeah. We continued to have the funniest conversation. There was some crazy link with Marina and the owner's name. So Marina spells her name with two E's. Mm-hmm. And this guy also spells his name with two E's or something ridiculous. <laughs> and we were laughing the whole time. And he was just so beautiful. And he's like 90 years old. He's like, I actually sold this business and my wife and da, 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 all this other stuff. And the way he was talking was so wonderful. And I asked him, what's the secret to being so happy? Because he just radiated this happiness. And he's like, I don't know. I guess you got to be patient. I guess you got to be grateful. I work out, I walk every day and he's like doing these moves. And it was so beautiful. He asked for a picture with Marina and I finally took it. And it was just such a wonderful connective thing. And I really should have written this down. Marina and I should probably talk about it because there were three distinct big things and just meeting him alone and the way he talked about his grandkids And the way he talked about the meaning of life is to really just connect with the grandkids. That's all he's here to do. And he's just so positive and struck up a conversation with us because he thought she was British. You know, what's interesting is Marina, before she left for LA, being in Australia, she was so scared. But then here's the connection to your story is she made a decision to go, like Amber always says, say yes to the call of your soul. And so that's so perfect, Amy, that you're talking about saying yes and following these little breadcrumbs along the path and just saying yes to your soul. Marina decided, she was scared and she decided something in her soul called to her, like the way it called to you, Amy, like you were just, you were gonna scrapbook or you were gonna make stickers or you were gonna ask for 12 colors instead of six colors with that company. She just decided that she was going to take this incredibly scary leap. I totally relate to that fear that she had, but then once she made that decision, she just had to make the best of it. She was just like, I am going to totally eat up every moment of this experience. And I think that's why you guys vibrated at the same level. We are saying yes to life. We are just opening our hearts. We are in this flow with the universe. And then it all just kind of unfolded perfectly. It was so beautiful. It really was. And I am so grateful that there are people out there who say yes, even when they're scared, because I told her that that actually surprised me. She shared that with me when we were at lunch. And she said, you know, the previous version of me would have never said yes to these things. And even me offering to take her shopping, she wouldn't have said yes to it because she would have put her own things on it. Like, oh gosh, no, I don't want to put her out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But it's like, somebody is making you an offer, right? Don't put it back on yourself as if you're not worthy because obviously there's a reason I said it and there's a reason she said yes or that she had an inkling to say yes, right? Even if she was scared. She was like, here's this crazy person (laughs) take me to Beverly Hills and get a dress. And she ended up getting, I think she got one or two dresses. It was so beautiful. And you know what? 
she's going to go home and remember that forever. Like, I will never forget that. I love that that moment was shared with so many people. When you were talking about the 90 year old man, it made me think about when you were on Kathy's call recently, one of my biggest takeaways that really touched me and I took it with me. You talked about success and really getting clear about what success is for you and how we might have these ideas of big, fancy, whatever, but really, would that be success to us? Would that really make us happy? That 90 year old man, he's got this newsstand, but his success to him clearly is having these connections with people and making a difference in people's lives. A lot of people have a disconnect of what their values are really truly and what really would bring them happiness. How did you come to that where you realized that and you discovered that for yourself? I really do believe that success is a marker that we have to have on our own lives. It's really important to get clear on it based on our values and making sure that it's aligned for us. Also knowing that success is something that can change and evolve and grow and shrink and whatever it means to you, it's okay. One story that I think I shared on the call then too was that I was in the fashion industry and I remember having this crazy, stupid goal. I don't even know why. To me, I just wanted to have a million dollar a year. I just wanted to sell a million dollars worth of t-shirts. And mind you, these are hand embroidered t-shirts. I'm wholesaling to stores like Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Fred Siegel, Kitson, boutiques around the country and world, amazing shops that are carrying my hand-stitched t-shirts. And for some reason, I just had a million dollars in my mind. So in order to get there, I knew how many t-shirts I had to sell. I had to sell about 30,000 t-shirts, and that's a lot. But what I also knew is that I saw so many people through observation at trade shows, in magazines, who I thought were successful, making millions of dollars. This one story of Earl Jeans hit me hard because the founder started it in her garage, and then the business grew so big that her husband had to quit his job and join her. Well, years later, after Earl Jeans was worth tens of millions of dollars, the business succeeded, but the marriage failed. And to me that I wasn't married at the time, I was in my early 20s, <laughs> but I knew something inside of me did not want that. I did not want to have a multi-million dollar business if my personal relationships were going to suffer. It was not worth it to me. And that's just my marker of success. You know, that was just something that was important to me. Maybe coming from divorced parents. I'm not sure what it is. Look, my parents were not meant to be married for more than 25 years. I think that's a success. Mm -hmm. They were married for 25 years. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a success. Maybe to them, it wasn't. I can see it now as being something that was meant to happen, right? As opposed to when I was going through it at 15 years old, even though I didn't, I knew they weren't meant to be together. I also didn't know why I had to be in the middle of it. Well, I'm in the middle of it because I'm their child, right? I'm a product of what they were able to create. And so for some reason ingrained in me was that my personal and professional life 
is going to be very intertwined. And I'm not going to be happy being super successful at business if my personal life is going to suffer. And so I asked the big question for people who I talk to is what does success mean to you? How do you define success? And are you willing to sacrifice some things that you truly value in order to get to some obscure financial marker or some number that really, at the end of the day, does that really matter? And another reason I had this beautiful reflection is because my mentor had a $5 million business. So I got to the goal of a million dollars and great, fine, fun, whatever. (laughs) I say whatever very lightly because when I got there, I realized that I did not want to double. I did not want to grow anymore in the way that I was doing because I had a conversation with my mentor who had a $5 million business and I had a $1 million business. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, she's got the five times everything that I have. It's so wonderful. She said, Amy, you and I probably made the same amount of money last year and I have 21 employees. I have to pay workers comp. I have this huge warehouse. I have to, you know, I'm like a mom to all these people, basically. All the decisions that I make affect these lives and the lives of their families. And I was like, oh, I think I was 26 at the time, right? 27. I was like, I don't think I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I, yeah. I love it because it's so beautiful in the way that anybody can ask themselves this question, but it's a really hard one to answer. And nobody else can answer it for you. What does success mean to you? Does it mean having a healthy, happy relationship with your partner? Does it mean having a healthy, happy relationship with your child? Does it mean having a business that you can say, you know, I work really hard 20 hours a week, but I get to spend this amazing connective time with my family and it goes so fast. I'm able to do school pickups and drop-offs. And if that's not important to you, that's okay. But what is important to you? I remember listening to Pat Flynn's podcast years ago. He was talking about how he loves being able to take his kids to school and doing drop-off is really important to him. And I remember kind of feeling that, oh my gosh, I want a partner who's a dad like that. I want a, a partner who recognizes that it's important to make a good living, be of service, provide, but also do these little things and participate in the lives of your child or children. Because to me, being a mom, like we always have these things that we feel like we have to do. Dads Mm -hmm. maybe feel other pressures, but whatever your role is, it's okay to have these different markers of success throughout Mm -hmm. your life and to redirect your focus in order to try to get closer to what that success looks like for you. I feel like for both of us, and I feel like for you too, Amy, is about freedom. It really is. It's so much about freedom. And it's so funny that you bring up that word because every time I think of that word, 
I think about what it meant to my parents to immigrate mm. to this country. And that's truly, truly at the heart of their immigration journey. Mm. And the fact that my dad ended up bringing over, I think, a, a dozen other relatives wow. because he wanted them to feel the freedom of being in a country where he started pumping gas for 50 cents an hour when he first got here in 1970. And then he was, with his engineering degree, able to work his way up. And guess what? It was through that freedom that he found that he could create the life that he dreamed of. What I think of as freedom, so I have these three pillars, mm -hmm. which I call the three Fs. And it's freedom, fun, fulfillment. Fulfillment. <laughs> fun has been ingrained in everything I do. If it's not fun, I tend not to do it for long. Okay. So whether that's good or bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah. I know. But in business, sometimes you got to do a lot of <laughs> I know, right? Things. I think what's so great about defining what these words mean to you Freedom. What does that mean to you? Does it mean that you have time freedom? Does it mean you have financial freedom? Does it mean you can decide that you're not going to have a day of meetings because you'd rather paint this random big canvas just for the sake of doing so? What does it mean to you? And what does it look like? And what does fulfillment really look like to you? Because you talked about values earlier. I don't think people really know what fulfills them right. sometimes. Mm. I really, I, I don't know, some people don't ask themselves, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Or some people are so on the train of striving and making it and doing the thing that they think that they have to do that they don't pause and say, gosh, is this really fulfilling to me? Is this what I'm working so hard towards? Yeah. Is this fun anymore? Mm. That's, yeah. I would say most of the women that I work with, that's where they arrive at when I start working with them, where they're like, have achieved a level of success doing the thing that they thought would make them happier that, you know, and then there's this emptiness, there's this lack of fulfillment and they can't put their finger on it. And one of the very first questions I asked them, which is what you talked about just a bit ago is what do you love? What did you love to do when you were a kid? And sometimes they look at me like, I mean, why does that have anything to do with like this? But I'm like, that's what's missing. Like you, joy, love, doing things that make you feel happy, that there's a sense of fun. But I think people have this notion that there's no room for that as an adult. At some point, fun is like, well, we had enough when we were kids. Right? Like, so I love that that's like your mission is to give people permission to invite more fun back into their lives. And then they get to rediscover who they really are. I'm with you on that. I don't tend to last too long either, unless I'm really enjoying myself. I know. And I think that that's really what's so beautiful about how different people thrive in different environments is that guess what? You might find somebody who loves doing what you don't. Yeah. And yeah. if you can find a way to work with them to better your business and to collaborate with them on theirs, that's so beautiful, right? I don't yes. know how my accountant loves numbers, right? <laughs> my bookkeeper loves numbers. But guess what? 
she does. So more power to her. I know QuickBooks and I know I can do it, but why do that? If every time I'm like, this is so frustrating and annoying, right? And I think that's another thing too, is that talking back on the cynical thing is that I found that when I was a teenager or in my early twenties, I was getting annoyed a lot. And I remember my dad looking at me and he's like, you don't have to be so annoyed. If you know that life isn't fair, then you can just move on from that. Mm. And I'm like, that annoys me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I remember I used to hate the saying, my ex-boyfriend from college used to always say, it is what it is. And I was like, <laughs> It is not <laughs> that way. How can we change it? And I'd be so furious. I'm like, and that's what it is. What do you mean? It was so beautiful just looking back because I can laugh about it now. But I remember he would say that and it would make me so mad. <laughs> Amber's questions are so freaking good. Okay. So here's the thing. How are yours? The embodied woman. <laughs> what does it mean? To- we like to ask everyone, what does it mean to you personally, the embodied woman? And then as a follow-up, what do you love to do to get embodied? Mm. To me, the embodied woman is heart-led, heart-centered, and feeling as if she is grounded yet guided along her journey. Mm. Heart-led. Grounded, heart-centered, yeah, heart-centered, grounded, guided. Mm. We all have this ability to love and give love from the heart. And we do it in so many beautiful different ways. I always thought that my gift was that I could be crafty. But are you kidding me? When I see some of these other things that people make, I am not crafty compared to them. As women too, we have to fully embrace our own gifts Mm -hmm. and the unique passions that we hold inside and how we can show up for each other in the world and share those gifts. So you're feeling on a day like today, your daughter is home, right? She doesn't feel well. Maybe it throws you off a little bit. What would you do to get into your most embodied self. So I painted earlier. I'll show you the ugly painting. Sorry, you guys can't see it on the podcast, but I put down some paint. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I did some journaling. Okay. And I made sure to set aside what I call sacred time. Yes. And that could be whatever fills my cup, right? That's just what it was. I listened to a few podcasts. I wrote down Reclaim Your Joy. Mm. And I also wrote down The Art of Letting Go. Because Mm. I think so much of the time we want to, at least I used to be a control freak. And maybe I'm recovering control freak. But there are things that are out of our control. My daughter has unfortunately been on and off not feeling well for a week. And it's frustrating, but at the same time, gosh, what a beautiful gift that my mom is able to watch her so that I can do some work that I need to do and let go of the guilt that I might have felt previously of 
thinking, oh gosh, I should just reschedule. I should just do this. I should just, but then having sort of this resentment that may not be something that I'm aware of that's building in the background. Yeah. And so instead it's like, hey, let's surrender for a moment. Let's pause. What would feel grounding for me? And how can I keep the priorities and commitments that I've made to myself, to others, and really just showing up? So much of the time, it's hard to just show up, right? Yeah. We can make a ton of excuses. And I'm sure you would have understood if I said, I have to reschedule. I'm so sorry. Right. But to me, that wasn't, this is actually bringing me joy. This is actually lighting me up so that later on, hopefully I can be all cuddly with her and not think I have these 10 things I need to do on my to-do list. I no longer actually have that anymore because I've cut out so much of the things that I used to put pressure on, on myself. I've cut so many of those things out of my life. And it's so interesting because I always had this idea that, you know, if it's good, you want more of it, right? Why wouldn't you want more of it? Mm -hmm. But I'm very much into this idea of less, but better. Mm. I love that. Quality. Yeah. It sounds like I just heard you say in so many words that you're more comfortable with the philosophy of it is what it is. (laughs) The way that you just (laughs) described handling your daughter being home sounds like you've kind of graduated to (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Make the best of it. (laughs) It's very ironic. It's so (laughs) ironic actually. Yeah. And yes, there's a certain acceptance for the way things are. And also maybe I don't have the energy anymore to fight things. (laughs) Yeah. I can relate. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or to fight reality. That's the thing is because when I notice other people either in denial of reality or trying to fight what's actually happening, I take notice of it. I'm like, oh, well, they're kind of battling this thing that their energy would be better spent just looking away from it or just accepting it and then moving on from it. Yeah. Totally. Yes, for sure. I say it is what it is to my kids a lot because my daughter tends to be a little cynical sometimes and she'll get so pissed off about something. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. So these are the (laughs) options, right? And I'm sure it drives her crazy, but fighting it, resisting it is exhausting. And it doesn't help. Yeah. No. How old is she? She's 11. My son is nine. He's more kind of go with the flow. She's the 11 year old. It's a bit of a skeptic. I have to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, she's, she's I really, amazing. I appreciate that there is an ability for us to learn to embrace contrast. When I was in my cynical period, my dad never gave up on me by showing me all the good stuff. Mm. He never once gave in to my cynicism. It's so funny because I thought when he said, if you just recognize that life isn't fair, if you accept that life isn't fair, then you can really grow from that. And I didn't like that because I didn't want to believe it. But 16-year-old me, of course, doesn't want to believe that life isn't fair. Right? Yeah. Right? I want it to be about my friends. I want it to be about doing whatever I want, staying out however late I want. It's so interesting how we can choose to see both the dark and the light. 
And it wasn't until probably my 30s that I really embraced the shadow side of it because I was so wanting everything to be positive and happy. I would almost dismiss people who are negative and just be like, I don't need you in my life. Because really when I moved to California, I made this decision that I was not going to have drama in my life. And if it was drama in the way people were talking about other people or people wanting to cause drama in my life, I just wasn't for it. And it was so funny because the universe was like, all right, we'll test you on that. <laughs> when I first moved to LA, it was really fun, but I started dating this person who on paper, everything looks good, but I presented myself at the beginning saying, I'm a serial monogamist. I've been in relationships. I just want to be here and free and just doing what I want to do. And he was like, no, trying to rope me into a relationship. After three weeks, I realized that he was a complete liar and did not like lied about half the things that he told me. Mm. I was like, okay, thank you universe for condensing it into three weeks because I was yes. very clear as opposed to three months or God forbid, three years. If I wasn't so clear on the fact that I did not want drama in my life. So there was drama for that to four weeks, but then it was kind of like, okay, I really mean it this time. And not <laughs> to say bad things didn't happen or crazy things didn't happen, but it was just a way of aligning with what I truly did not want. The universe was sort of testing me like, are you sure you don't want that? Because it can be exciting. You can go to all these restaurants and you can meet all these cool people and you can experience all these cool things. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of lies and drama on the side too. <laughs> Amy, I want to ask you about, I know we're wrapping up and this is a big, big question, but a lot of times we like to ask people about their relationship with God and their kind of potentially one of their hands of God moments. I'm curious. I'm sure you have a lot. Is so, there one that sticks out for you? Growing up, we weren't very religious. If my parents said that they were any religion, they probably would have said Buddhist. But I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't grow up celebrating Christmas or anything. So I don't know that I am necessarily agnostic. I'm more spiritual. I've had a lot of very, very deep spiritual experiences throughout my life, especially after my dad passed away in September of 22. It was so crazy because my daughter was a year and a half and he had Alzheimer's. He actually self-diagnosed as Alzheimer's many years before. The last two, three years were really, really difficult. He passed away in Atlanta and almost 24 hours from his passing, my daughter, who was a year and a half old, she didn't talk about people unless they were right in front of her. She had never said pop pop before. That's what Jack and Juniper called him, or we're supposed to call him. And she literally goes, pop pop. And I said, pop pop. And my son was right there. And she said, pop pop. I was like, okay. And then she did it every single day for a month after his mm. passing. Wow. And so many things happened throughout that month that are like 
when I say it seems crazy, and I had to actually ask my son the other day, I was like, do you remember this? When it was five days after he had passed. And sure enough, Juniper says, pop, pop. I said, where's pop, pop? And she points. And I said, what's he doing? And she goes, tickle, tickle. Oh. He had never even said those words, tickle, tickle. Oh. That was her first time saying tickle, tickle. And I was like, this is so crazy. And, And I think that our belief in whatever happens after somebody passes is very varied. Somebody recommended the book Signs to me after he passed. And I believe it and I can see it. I can feel it almost on a daily basis if I invite it in. So anytime I might need some support and throughout the last year and a half, I have felt that support and guidance and this incredible connection through spirit. Many of my ancestors, actually, I got a reading, a soul session, and I didn't think my dad would actually drop in. I was not thinking he would drop in at all. It turned out he decided to drop in. And the woman who is giving the soul session doesn't advertise as a medium, but she has a deep connection with the other side because her mom passed away when she was 19 Mm -hmm. and she's always had this, but she doesn't advertise it, doesn't talk about it much. So he dropped in and he was telling her things that obviously she would not be able to know and telling me things that I did not know before. And his one regret in life was that I didn't get to know his sister, my aunt better. She passed away when I was in college of a rare form of bone cancer. I was asking my relatives after this happened about my aunt. There are so many invisible threads that tie us together. She went to Pennsylvania for college. My husband is from Pennsylvania. I had never had a connection to Pennsylvania before. My first trip there was after we had been dating for a while And it's just so interesting. There's so many more similarities and connections and synchronicities if we're willing to be open to them. And it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And a lot of it has to do with nature I'm learning. Mm. And I didn't know this major connection with nature, but I see it through spirit and animal Mm -hmm. guides. It's just such a beautiful blessing if you're open to it and whatever you feel makes you closer to God or whatever you believe in. Source, yeah. Yes. The universe. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful unfolding of really coming back home to yourself even more and deeper. Amy, I'm a practicing Buddhist. God comes in and out for me, but so many people, pretty much everyone we talk to and mentors and everything, it's all God. You've made me want to change the question to be more embracing. So thank you. Thank you. I understand what people mean when they say God. It doesn't offend me at all. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't strike up anything negative like it used to. I used to sort of have this during my teen years. I had a really difficult time with people who let's say went to church all the time but yet they were mean people. There was a disconnect for me with religion yeah. in that manner. I thank you for being so open. I know 
the question is so beautiful. And it's a really hard, deep question. <laughs> and I might have to sit with it a little bit more after I get off this call because <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing that I think we can experience on a daily basis yeah. if we're willing. Yeah. If we're willing to just be open. To tap into the unseen. I think that's what it is, right? The magic, the magic of, and the mystical experience of the unseen, whatever word that you want to call it. But that story is just, it's so amazing. My parents are 74, 75. I just had this moment of like gripping fear. I don't know why, like mm. something I thought of, of like what I'm going to have to face because it's inevitable. I just felt this, it took my breath away. But when I was listening to you tell me that story, tell us that story, it like softened that fear for me because I remembered the relationship doesn't end. That's just right. And their physical body's not here, but we're conditioned to think it is. So that story really helped me go, oh yeah, right. It just changes. It just mm. changes forms. It does. And it does. And it's such a great opportunity too. While your parents are here, while all of us and our loved ones can spend quality time together, yeah. I think that's what that's what life is about, really, if you want to, yes. right? Not all of us have beautiful, amazing parents. And we're so lucky to be able to connect on deeper levels with our family members who, not that we take them for granted, because I don't think I ever did, but... I was listening to this podcast saying our relationship with our kids and our time spent with our own children is like 19 years. And most of it happens in the first 18 years of life. Right. So during their mm -hmm. adult life, you only spend one more additional year collectively on average, right? Doesn't that just like make- Don't scare Amber. <laughs> She's going to no, freak just, out. <laughs> no, but that's, that's exactly why, Amy. I know. What, uh, what resonates with me so deeply and what you talked about with identifying what success means to you, because that's one of the first things I'll say is- I want to pick up my kids from school. I want to take my daughter to her dance classes. I want to take my son to his lacrosse games. Of course, I want to be successful. And my book is coming out tomorrow. And I want to speak from the stages and all the things. And I want to also, when they're 9 and 11, I want to embrace this time because I know it's going to shift. They're going to get older and they're not going to, I'm not going to have to drive them everywhere. And I really, really cherish that. So yeah. Savor it. It's such Savor a beautiful it. thing. I it love really that is. so much. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I want your arms. How do I get your arms? <laughs> <laughs> I was when thinking the same thing. Your <laughs> muscles just got so toned. I was like, wait, I want those arms. Oh. Uh, you got to come, come to our dance class, the Embodied Woman Sisterhood. I, do, I do some dancing. I do some dancing. <laughs> Oh my God. I love this conversation so much. Thank you so much for being with us today and for saying yes. I know you could have rescheduled and there were things that would have made that make sense, but you said yes to being with us today. And I just really, really enjoyed it deeply. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What a gift. We are so appreciative that you took the time to be with us today, especially because of everything, especially. Thank you, Amy. You're such a gift. You're such an inspiration. And where do you want people to find your books or your workshops or anything that you're doing? Yeah, I'm Amy Tangerine on all platforms, amytangerine.com. 
I have a new book coming out called Paper Play, which is just all about letting yourself play with these random papers that I've created. And it's about tearing the book apart and creating your own art. So I hope people check that out. Oh my goodness. That's so much fun. Is it available now? It's on Amazon. Okay. So we can put a link in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Great. Love it. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. So good. I forgot to ask her about her other book, Craft the Life You Love. I wanted to hear about that. And we ran out of time. We were talking about so many other things. Yeah, I think that's the thing is there was a lot I wanted to talk about. And there's just not time. There's just too many things. There's There's just too many. And and the stories were were so incredible. So we're just like along for the ride following, yes. you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. So good. We could talk okay. about a thousand things with her. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like, yes. how yes. do you, how yeah. do you hone it down? Yeah. But yeah, I for sure was thinking that too. I was like, oh, I want to talk to her about her books. It's very moving that her value is lined up with her life, that she yeah. cares so much about her family. It's so clear how much she cares about her parents and her kids. I think that's probably another reason that she's so attractive is because she's just in alignment with her values. She wants to have fun. She wants to be with her family. And I love that she is an example because I think many of us think I have to choose. I know that I've felt this way, right? Right. I, I was thinking between, that. Like being the mom that I want to be. Yep. Or being the successful entrepreneur, visionary, whatever that I want to be. And so I love that she shared that like success changes. That's what she said. There is different markers and it changes depending on where you're at in your life. But she's been financially, very financially successful. Oh yeah. She also prioritizes her family. Right. And so I love that she is a living example of that. I think Mm -hmm. I need more examples of Mm -hmm. women like her that are able to be have the financial freedom and the success that, you know, do it on their own terms. Yeah. I agree. Prioritize. Yeah. I love that. That is one thing that I feel like being in Kathy Heller's world has helped me with is seeing lots of examples of women who are living in their alignment, choosing their alignment, choosing their truth, choosing their values and thriving. Yes. Here's to thriving. I remember two years ago, before this community, I did not see examples of that. And I was like, I don't know where to look. Like, I don't see mm-hmm. it. Right. Like in real life, like there's like Oprah or people that you look up to that you're like, oh yeah, they've got something figured out over there. But yeah. in real life here in front of us in Zoom together, it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like it feels very tangible. I was working with a coach one time and I got really triggered because she was talking about, she had been working on a project and she used it as an example. And she said, I've been like staying up till one in the morning every night. I thought that doesn't work for me. Like. Mm. I don't, yes, I want success. Yes, I want financial freedom. Yes, I want to follow my heart and say yes to the call of my soul and do all the things that my soul calls me to do. But if it means, like exactly what Amy said, if it means being harmful to my personal relationships or stealing sleep away or whatever it is, that doesn't work for me. That can't be. She was saying, there are things you're gonna have to sacrifice. And I was like, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna sacrifice time with my kids. And I don't want to sacrifice 
the sleep that I get and have to stay up till one in the morning so that I can achieve my goals. If that's what that means, then I guess I'm not going to have yeah. that. It's just really nice to hear a different way. Really quickly, my dad was supposed to work for the Weinsteins. They wanted him okay. for their company. Okay. And I think it was Bob Weinstein, not Harvey, was trying to talk to him on the phone. And he was at a school performance that he was walking into for one of, like my sister, I think, or my brother. And he just said, I'm not available right now. And mm -hmm. that moment was like basically saying no to the whole opportunity. And he was okay with that. And he yeah. tells that story to me. And I just think it's so beautiful. I'm like, oh yeah, you in that moment, you chose your family over and all ultimately he shouldn't be working with them anyway. Right. But, but he knew that their <laughs> value was not family. Right. Which like Amy said, it's okay. It doesn't matter what anyone else's values are. We just get to get clear about what our values are and make choices from that place. Mm -hmm. Like it's cool if somebody else has a different value or a different right, That's right. priority. Yeah, totally fine. And I don't need to make them wrong, and I don't need to prove that I'm right. I yes. can simply just be at peace with what feels true for me and what feels right for me and what feels important to me. And then that's it. That's been a big journey for you as a projector, for sure. Right. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw this Instagram meme today that was like a projector Instagram profile. And it was saying, you mean I can be successful without having to make cold calls? Because like, that's the oh, yeah. thing. Like, well, you got to do this. You got to do this. And you got to make all the da, da, da. And it's mm -hmm. like, as a projector, you're like, that doesn't feel right to me, you know? To come back to Amy, like you said, is just such an example of doing what feels good to her. Being true to herself. Yep. Yeah. I love it. She's an embodied woman. And it's crazy that it's such a, quotes, rebellious act to be a creative artist. <laughs> but she's made it a successful business. I wish we could have another conversation with her. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Amber. I'm so thank excited you. for your book coming out tomorrow. Thank you. Me too. So by the time people listen to this, it'll be available. It will be available. And to be all of me. Yep. Bye. Bye. Amber, Susa, and I, Siri Baruch Thornton, have been talking to you about the Embodied Woman Sisterhood. It's a membership that we're so passionate about creating this container because of how beautifully it has served us to be in groups like this. It's actually how Amber and I met in a group where women were coming together and doing the work on themselves and supporting and loving and encouraging each other. And so this is what we've created for you, bringing our unique gifts of dance and breathwork and meditation, Akashic wisdom and coaching to the Embodied Woman sisterhood. So you can join that. There's a link in the show notes. And you know what else we're incredibly passionate about is we're working one-on-one -on -one with women as mentors, guides, coaches, and facilitators for them. If you're interested in learning more, you can contact us. Siri at sageandblushwellness.com or amber at 
allami.com. That's A-L-L-O-M-I.com. Also in the show notes. We both have an abundance of life experiences and wisdom gained from having walked through the fire. Some really challenging times in life and coming to the other side. So we love supporting women. So passionate about it. Whether you're looking to be in a community or you're looking for more one-on-one support, we're here for it. We love you and we know that you are here to be the woman that you were born to be and we want to support you in doing so. So way to go for getting through that podcast. Way to go for giving yourself the opportunity to listen in on all these little insights and to have the opportunity to connect with a beautiful guest that we had today and I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your time. I really value the ability to be able to share this time with you. I so look forward to connecting with you further and if you're interested in having your own mountain breathwork infused with Reiki experience, you can also reach out Siri at sageandblushwellness.com or you can just go on to sageandblushwellness.com website and get your first class free. You just type in first class free when you go to purchase the class. If this brought you value, please share with a loved one. Email, text them, share it on social media. You can tag me at Siri Baruch Thornton and I look forward to you reposting your tag. Have a beautiful rest of your day and remember you are enough just as you are. Everything I want to be I am living out my destiny I am, I am, I am The embodied woman We took everything we know We turned ashes into gold